from Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. My name is uh, Tudor Ulyanovsky. I'm the Minister of uh, Foreign Affairs and European Integration of the Republic of Moldova. Mr. Ulyanovsky had a conversation with his Russian counterpart, Sergei Lavrov. As you may know, Moldova has a problem with Russia, as does many of its other neighbors. You see, Russia has troops on Moldovan soil, troops they don't want. And uh, uh, my Russian counterpart has clearly reiterated that Russia supports Moldova's territorial integrity, sovereignty and independence. And in this case, we say officially that if we have and we see that Russia officially supports Moldova's territorial integrity, meaning that Transnistrian region should be a part of the of the country. Well, we say if you want to help in this process, remove the troops and munitions. <laughs> get the troops out. Get the troops out. Get the guns out. Get the weapons out. Exactly. To which he responds. Uh, to which he responded that these troops are keeping the peace. But as Russian aggression in the region continues to flourish, peace may be a fleeting idea. Coming up on this edition of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile. Capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. Many of Russia's neighbors are concerned about its revanchist intentions. They're worried about the mixed and confusing messages coming from Russia. On one hand, Kremlin officials say they support the independence and free will of neighboring countries. As long as that free will doesn't lead to an alliance with the West. That's a part of the problem for Moldova. Foreign Minister Tudor Ulyanovsky was in Washington on June 25th, along with Prime Minister Pavel Philippe. While here, a court decision voiding a mayoral election between a pro-Russian and pro-Western candidate generated a lot of attention, highlighting Moldova's conflicted international stance. Ulyanovsky talked about the problems facing Moldova while visiting with Target USA. Indeed, I am here in Washington um, as a member of delegation uh, of the Republic of Moldova, led by the Prime Minister, Mr. Fabio Philippe. And we have just finalized a good meeting with Secretary of State uh, Mike Pompeo. And we have a, a vast agenda covering the legislative side, meetings on the Hill, but also meeting with American business community that have or want to have business relations with Moldovan counterparts and uh, as well with organizations here in the U.S. that support and uh, encourage American businesses to come to Moldova. How was the meeting with uh, Secretary Pompeo? What did you discuss? It was a very good meeting uh, focusing on strategic cooperation, um, bilateral cooperation between Moldova and the United States of America, um, we have reiterated the uh, the strong political support for 
strengthening the existing strategic dialogue mm-hmm. uh, cooperation that we have between our countries and also gradually starting to think about a strategic partnership mm-hmm. but to, with a view to achieve that we have to register some uh, some positive dynamics in the economic field in the political dimension but also in the defense and security uh, cooperation and um, the American Secretary of State Pompeo has uh, clearly um highlighted the strong interest uh, of uh, Washington and uh, of the current government for the region where the Republic of Moldova finds itself and also has uh, clearly stated America's support for Moldova uh Moldova's stability Moldova's independence but also Moldova's democratic progress of reforms mm-hmm. Russia is a big issue for both countries did Russia come up in your conversations We have generally covered the uh, geopolitical context and that includes the um, the uh, ongoing situation in Ukraine because Moldova has a border with the, with the Ukraine and uh, Moldova has not recognized the illegal annexation of Crimea by the Russian Federation and uh, for the same matter we really hope for a uh, ceasefire uh, to take place on the eastern part of Ukraine and the so-called Minsk agreements uh, should be implemented as soon as possible. Of course, we didn't go, we didn't go that much into detail, uh, mm-hmm. having in mind the limited amount of time available for the conversation. Uh, but uh, what I have seen is that uh, Moldova's interest to have a stable uh, regional environment uh, corresponds to the U.S. interest. Uh, to have uh, stability in the region and uh, to have uh, uh, rather negotiations and consultations and talks rather than military action. And that's, I think, that's a joint priority for Moldova, for the U.S., but also for the European Union and for the Euro-Atlantic community. Now, let's talk about Russia. Let's talk about this relationship with, with, with Russia. It has not been lost on anybody here in the U.S. in the last two and a half years or so, just how dangerous the Kremlin's approach to uh, interfering in the politics and the culture and in the governments of other nations is. And But in your area, your region, you've been living with this for many years. So what's your view on how to uh, address Russian aggression? Well, Moldova has become independent in 1991 for uh, following the breakup of the Soviet Union. And since then, we have been consuming mostly Russian media, Russian language media, for 27 years, more than 75% uh, for the past 27 years in the broadcasting, in the, in the, in the t- TV shows, programs, were in Russian, Russian language. And, uh, of course, this provides a good channel of... Uh, mm, propaganda-type activities, Mm -hmm. and that is why the Parliament of the Republic of Moldova has adopted this year a a unique law uh, on the audiovisual code of the Republic of Moldova, the so-called anti-propaganda law, with the uh, intention to limit uh, the broadcasting uh, uh, on the Moldovan territory of uh, foreign uh, companies, Uh, and broadcasting stations that have the so-called political and analytical analysis pro- uh, programs and that doesn't affect the cultural or artistic uh, um, mm-hmm. 
shows or TV shows and for that matter, and in full com uh, compliance with the European Broadcasting Treaty. That's from the legal point of view. Uh, of course, we have to acknowledge the fact that Moldova is extremely exposed to foreign interference. We call the uh, hybrid warfare, hybrid uh, threats, uh, cybersecurity space uh, or the securing of the cyberspace and the social media uh, in Moldova is of high importance for the current government. Mm -hmm. And that's an area where we would like to work together with uh, Western allies and partners to make our country more resilient. And uh, what is important is that uh, nowadays uh, this interference uh, is no longer a hidden issue, is not no longer... Uh, something that we have to prove. It's a reality. Everyone knows. And now. everyone knows. And I think the U.S. has also seen uh, and felt this. Yeah. And unfortunately, it was, we were warned about this for, for years. But the U.S., as it so often does, as a general population, ignores things that others uh, warn them of because we're supposedly this big power, but we're not so much this big power. When it comes to this, exactly what you're saying, the hybrid warfare piece and all of the, the covert activities that were underway that you face every day. Absolutely. And and what is most important that um, the, uh, the relationship right now between the states is no longer traditional relationship. There are many non-state actors, mm. and we go to the you know the fourth industrial revolution, and we have a total different dimension on the online and and, and uh, online space. And Moldova has one of the top ten or top twelve fastest internet speed in the world, and uh, we are very much uh, engaged into the cyber space, you know, online news, media, shopping, and other activities. But at the same time. We opened up too much, and we don't have the necessary uh, prerequisites for uh, for a better control of the uh, of the media of the media space of the online media space of in Moldova, with a view to limit the illegal mm -hmm. and uh, negative interferences. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, these kind of interferences are mostly felt in the pre-electoral period of time because we have upcoming parliamentary elections by the end of this year, mm -hmm. and. I can only foresee that uh, further uh, expanded uh, attempts of interference might occur. Sergei Lavrov is your counterpart. Uh, you've met with him, I'm sure. How have you addressed this with him, and what is what is his response? I have had a um, long conversation with uh, with Sergei uh, Lavrov at the Munich Security Conference back in February, mm -hmm. and. Um, well, Moldova and Russia relations are, are, are complicated, and this period of time is not uh, very smooth, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And it's complicated by the fact that, uh, unfortunately, the colleagues in Russia disapprove of Moldova's foreign policy priority to join the European Union. Mm -hmm. And Moldova is an associated member of the European Union, meaning that we have a free trade agreement with the EU and we have a visa-free. Mm -hmm. And what we say is that it doesn't contradict Moldova's bilateral trade relation with the Russian Federation. On the contrary, it complements because we can export and import variously. That's why, unfortunately, we have a situation where there is a almost a full embargo of uh, imports to the Russian market from Moldova for wine and, and agricultural products. 
and uh, that is unfortunate and that goes against bilateral agreements regional agreements but also to the our both of our countries agreements to the world trade organization and i have been previously posted in geneva as an ambassador to wto so i know this issue very close so the economic uh situation um unfortunately um has been deteriorating <coughs> but at the same time our cooperation and our relationship with russia is complicated by the fact that we still have russian troops mm-hmm. and munitions on moldova's territory mm-hmm. without the host nation consent without moldova saying that we accept to have these uh, troops and munitions mm-hmm. and uh, this is of particular security uh, concern and uh, i just uh, i'm coming to washington from new york and in new york on friday on june 22nd i presented to the united nations general assembly for the first time in 27 years mm-hmm. and the first foreign minister of moldova to present a draft resolution named complete and unconditional withdrawal of foreign troops and munitions from Moldova. And where are these troops? They are stationed in the region in the eastern part of the Republic of Moldova called Transnistria. Transnistria, Transnistria region, uh, uh, which uh, uh, is exactly at the border with uh, with Ukraine. And uh, unfortunately in Transnistrian region we have two types. Mm-hmm. It's very important here and I would like to make this clear distinction between the two types of russian forces that are in the in this region of moldova there are uh, so-called peacekeepers mm-hmm. following the uh, the the a brief military action in 1992 a ceasefire agreement was signed and the so-called peacekeepers uh, have been uh, stationing since then uh, in transnistrian region of moldova at the same time we have purely bilateral russian troops around 1700 Uh, officers and munitions amounting to approximately 21,000 tons of ammunition uh being being stationed and dislocated in Moldova's on Moldova's territory mm-hmm. and that contradicts the UN charter international law and by and our agreement with Russia so what was your resolution what what was the objective what did you say in your resolution that you presented to the UN So this resolution uh, was for the first time presented in 27 years. It took courage from our government to do that. Yes. Uh we have managed to have a success, a historic success. This resolution was passed uh positively uh by the United Nations and it was voted by uh 64 votes in favor and 15 against. The name of the resolution it's called Complete and Unconditional Withdrawal. of foreign troops and munitions uh, from the Moldova's territory. So that's a part of a strategy I'm assuming to press forward and move ahead to get the Russian troops out of your country. Exactly. Uh we so far or until Friday or before Friday we had only one well there were several resolutions in principle but one uh, there is an organization for security and cooperation in Europe OSCE and uh, in 1999 there was the famous Istanbul OSCE summit where the Russian Federation has undertaken the commitment to fully and unconditionally withdraw the troops mm-hmm. what means unconditionally it means that uh, they say w- what we say that there are two separate proje- processes first is the political settlement of the uh, conflict Mm-hmm. that we have with this break separatist authorities second is the withdrawal of troops 
what the Russian colleagues are saying that first you have to solve the conflict politically and then they remove the troops. Well, we say that the troops have to be withdrawn in order to provide the non-military environment that will facilitate the negotiations. That's why we say unconditional. So withdrawal of troops should not be conditioned with the political settlement of the conflict. Mm -hmm. Because we think there is no war, there is no conflict. And we are promoting the confidence building measure with the Transnistrian authorities and the people in our region of Transnistria of Moldova, they are exporting the businesses, 90, almost 90, 85, 86% of the businesses are exporting to the European Union. Mm -hmm. So we need to remove the military element in the negotiations, meaning the withdrawal of troops. Mm So the Russian influence is not not a good thing right now. And let's be clear about this. We're not talking about Russian people. Russian people are great people, just like Moldovans and Americans. We're talking about the Russian government and the Russian military. That's where the problem comes in. So as we examine the situation, the current situation, do you see any light at the end of this tunnel at this point to get this done and to move forward because as you mentioned there's this hybrid warfare campaign that's going on and it seems to be expanding it seems to be growing they're very clever at how they deploy people and their their their, their plans and etc et so uh, where's the light at the end of this tunnel do you see it yet two things first you mentioned that the people of Russia they don't have and we have excellent cooperation and relationship culturally historically with the Russian uh, uh, citizens or people. And we have almost 500,000 Moldovans living in the Russian Federation. So we would like to have normal, constructive relations with Russia. And we need to have them to protect our citizens that that live on that territory in the Russian Federation. At the same time, we, we do think that more international pressure should be put on the Russian leadership with a view to fulfill their commitments. That's Tudor Ulyanovsky, the foreign minister from Moldova, talking to Target USA. When we come back, is the U.S. tough enough on Russia? I think the U.S. uh, should take this opportunity to play a bigger role. And what kind of role should that be when we return to Target USA? The National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. We're talking with Tudor Ulyanovsky. He's the foreign minister from Moldova. And on this program, he's talked with us primarily about Russia. And one of the things he said to us was that Russia doesn't approve of Moldova's interest in becoming a member of the European Union. And because of Russia's activities, aggressive activities in parts of the world, and its attitude towards Moldova and others of its neighbors, Ulyanovsky says the international community needs to do more to engage Russia, to get them on the right path. Here's what he said just before the break, and then we pick up with the second part of our conversation. We, we do think that more international pressure should be put on the Russian leadership 
with a view to fulfill their commitments. And, uh, and, the, and the U.S., if I'm correct, is one of the leading countries that needs to put that pressure on Russia. And we're not doing that, are we? Some pressure has been done. It is very important. And I do think that in the context of the crisis in Ukraine, uh, more international solidarity was shown mm-hmm. from Washington, from Canada especially, and from the European Union. Mm-hmm. And this pressure should be kept not with a view to affect the people in Russia, but with a view to affect the policies mm-hmm. promoted by Kremlin. Yeah. And and I think the U.S. Uh, should take this opportunity to play a bigger role and to clearly say to the Russian leadership that the so-called, so-called Cold War mentality, yeah. meaning that creating a buffer zone between NATO countries and the Russian Federation, a buffer zone meaning, meaning Central and Eastern European countries, yeah. is no longer uh, a, 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 an accepted fact. And uh, this, for us, for Moldova, for Ukraine, and for Georgia, for that matter, it is extremely important to feel the American government presence uh, in this region. Uh, because we are in between two umbrellas. We are not members of the European Union. We are not members of NATO. And Moldova is a neutral country by constitution, so we cannot join NATO at mm-hmm. this moment. And But we have a very clear European integration perspe- uh, objective. So we are in between, and we need to feel this support. And I also think that if I try to see from inside the Washington Beltway, and if I look at these regions, at this region with these three countries, Ukraine, Moldova, and Georgia, they face almost identical, almost identical national security threats, having in mind the hybrid warfare going on. Wow. If I, if I were in Washington, inside I the Beltway, I would have seen gotcha. that these three countries, they're facing the same threats. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, the th- these three countries have the same priorities. All of these three countries, they want to join European Union. Ukraine and Georgia have expressed their pro-NATO relationship, and Moldova has a very much advanced dialogue with NATO and with the U.S., yes. for that matter. Well, this is something that uh, uh, we have conveyed also in the visit today. And uh, we have asked for a bigger uh, and stronger leadership because we do believe in America's leadership in this region, and this is very much needed today, uh, especially having in mind the fact that within the European Union there are ongoing uh, challenges following Brexit, mm-hmm. uh, well, the exit of the UK from from the United uh, from the European Union, and the ongoing migration situation as well. So this is an opportunity for the U.S. to show more leadership. Do you have a specific person or uh, organization? that you believe needs to show that leadership? From the U.S. Yes. or in the world? In, from the U.S. Well, we would like to have a solid, uh, holistic approach uh, from the U.S. government, and that includes the State Department, uh, with whom, with which we have an excellent cooperation, DOD, NSC, and the other uh, executive bodies, while having the support from the U.S. Congress and uh, by the way, on June 20th, uh, a resolution has been passed or was passed in support of Moldova, Ukraine, and Georgia uh, territorial integrity and mm-hmm. acknowledging the Euro-Atlantic aspirations. Uh, 
So it is extremely important to have the synergy between the three elements in the United States, between the Congress, between the government, and between, and I would say also the business sector. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, before we end our interview, um, back to the question of Mr. Lavrov. Uh, you said that you've had long conversations with him, but um, I didn't get a chance to ask you what, what, what the response, how did he respond to your concerns? The conversation was not easy because uh, what I have said is clearly that uh, we are ready to engage with the Russian Federation, and that's what I did, engaging uh, Sergei at that uh, at that Munich Security Conference. But our relationship or our wish to have this normal relationship should not be done by affecting Moldova's independence, sovereignty, and territorial integrity. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, my Russian counterpart has clearly reiterated that Russia supports Moldova's territorial integrity, sovereignty, and independence. And in this case, we say officially that if we have and we see that Russia officially supports Moldova's territorial integrity, meaning that Transnistrian region should be a part of of the country, well, we say if you want to help in this process, remove the troops and munitions. <laughs> get the troops out. Get the troops out. Get the guns out, get the weapons out. Exactly. To which he responds? Uh, to which he responded that these troops are keeping the peace and stability in the region. Mr. Ulinovsky, this is a part of the problem that much of us in the West have seen um, now in the, in the last months regarding Russia. They seem to say one thing and seem to do something else. And the question that I would like to ask you, knowing you know very well how to negotiate these circles, navigate these circles. You recognize what it was that Mr. Lavrov was saying to you is, yeah, we, we know what you're saying, but we're not going to do anything at this point. How do you, how do you move on that, though? How do, you, uh, how do you change his mind, change Russia's mind? Or is that even possible at, under these circumstances that we're at now? I try to see not what what Russia wants. I try to see what Moldova wants. Mm-hmm. And what Moldova wants, and that's perhaps our main task, to be vocal and to speak out in Washington, in Germany, in France, in the, in the European Union, but also at the United Nations level. That's why I mentioned this historic resolution. So for the first time since Moldova became independent, the United Nations, which is the biggest body, international organization in the world, has acknowledged that the Russian troops are illegally stationing on Moldova's territory. This is not a sanction-imposing resolution, Mm -hmm. but it's the first time acknowledging the illegality. Mm -hmm. So Moldova and our position, we do not want to have a military solution. We want to have a civilian, a a peace peace solution Mm -hmm. without involving the military. But we will not be able to do this by ourselves. We need to feel and we need to have very concrete actions from Washington particularly and to engage with us and we are ready to engage on all the dimensions that I mentioned to you, energy security, mm-hmm. which is extremely important for the national security, cyber security and uh, military and defense capacities. Mm-hmm. We need to have American leadership in the region because and of course the European support for Moldova's uh, European integration to limit the influence. And what is 
I, what is extremely important this year, and we discussed about these interferences, and these interferences in domestic affairs are becoming stronger when? Around the elections. Around the elections. And we have elections at the end of this year. And that is why we are here today in Washington saying very clearly, don't get involved in the elections, but try to help us to secure our internal space without any foreign interference. Mm -hmm. Let the people decide for themselves what they want. And they want to have a modern, democratic, Western state. Mm -hmm. But for that to happen, the people that are more exposed to the interference and to influence from outside through various uh, modern techniques, uh, which are, are, are known, of course, we need to secure our space. We need to make our institutions more resilient, but for this we need to have the support. Mm -hmm. Assistance projects, development projects, investment projects. Mm -hmm. Because once Moldova will become stronger in national security, in cybersecurity, even in the people's mentality to be more aware that they might be exposed to an interference, uh, to the fake news phenomenon. That's extremely important. Mm -hmm. It won't happen overnight. But what is our message that we have elections upcoming. We don't want to use the, uh, the Russian pressure as an excuse of not having the reforms. Right. But on the contrary, we need to have the reforms to be able to decide for ourselves. Right. I have two quick questions. One, your counterpart, Linus Linkevich's from uh, Lithuania, sat in that very same chair that you're sitting in. And he said on that very same microphone that you're using, the neighbors of Russia and the West and everyone that's trying to fix the situation with Russian aggression, with the exception of Russia, are doing all the right things. Russia is not the one that's making the moves. And so it is up to Russia, he said, to begin behaving like a responsible international citizen. Do you agree with that? Well, first of all, thank you for bringing up uh, Linus. Linus is a very good friend and has always supported Mol Moldova, Moldova's European integration. Lithuania has been a very strong partner in this relationship, in this regard. Uh, of course, I don't want to... Uh, interfere with the domestic affairs in the Russian Federation. That's the, the the host nation country's prerogative. At the same time, in my personal opinion, I think that uh, uh, it would be beneficial for the people from Russia to have an open country that doesn't interfere with domestic affairs in other countries mm -hmm. and thereby creating serious obstacles to the economic prosperity in Russia. Mm -hmm. Because the sanctions that are being applied as we speak, they are seriously affecting, of course, certain businesses and certain organizations in Russia. But at the end of the day, it they affect also the people in Russia. Yeah. So, And we have, I told you, half a million almost Moldovans in Russia, and we want only better for them. And that is why I think that... Uh, it will be beneficial for everyone, including the Russian Federation, mm -hmm. to uh, have them at the table rather than not being yeah. able to engage. And, uh, and we are ready to engage. Yeah. But we need to engage 
with the preconditions that we are a sovereign state and we have the support from our allies and partners. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you would like to add that I haven't asked you about that you think is important today? Regardless, and that's my my, my personal uh, opinion as a person who has also served here in the embassy in uh, in Washington from Moldova, regardless of of any government uh, of Moldova, any government regardless of the color, political color of the government, they have always wanted to have a constructive relationship with Washington and with the United States of America. And I do think that we can do much more. We can do much more. We can engage much better on concrete projects. And also we are ready to attract investments from the U.S. uh, companies. And the current leadership of Moldova is on the right track. I know that there are different voices saying that there is a slower pace of reforms, but the track, the direction is correct. And as uh, I have seen here, uh, uh, JJ Green, I have seen you have here, it's it, it's not enough to know what it is. It <laughs> is important to know what it means. So what it means in Moldova right now is that we are on the right track of reforms and democratic development, fighting corruption and judicial system, to be fair and transparent. There are obstacles, and we are a developing country in that regard. Help us to really become a, if I can joke, a boring, stable (laughs) democracy where no one is concerned about its future. Well, uh, Mr. Ulyanovsky, thank you for noticing that little sign over there. Um, It is something that I truly believe in, and that's something that's behind the reason why it was of interest for me to have you here. I can sit in the studio every day and talk to people about things, but it's important to get out, which I do, uh, to go to places and talk to people beyond the beltway. As you and many of your colleagues are well aware, there, there is this thing has its own life. But um, what you've done by coming here has given us a great window into some very important uh, elements and issues that we need to know about and need to address and to deal with. And I want to thank you so much for giving us a chance to hear from you today. Um, I'm hoping that we'll have another chance to talk with you at some point in the future. Th- th- thank you very much for, for having me. That's, I have seen a, a, a good interlocutor that uh, has put the right questions. Well, thank you again and all the best. That's it for this edition of Target USA. Coming up on our next program. My name is Alex Goldfarb. I am uh, the president of a small NGO called Litvinenko Justice Foundation, which is uh, dedicated to the memory of my friend, Alexander Litvinenko. Alexander Litvinenko was poisoned in London in 2006 with polonium. He died a slow, painful, horrible death. His friend, Alex Goldfarb, watched him die. And since that time, he and Litvinenko's widow, Marina, have sought to bring the real killers to justice. But in an interesting twist, not too long ago. They uh, claimed that uh, actually it was me who uh, poisoned, uh, who killed Litvinenko 12 years ago. The they he's referring to is RT and Channel One two Russian government-operated media outlets. 
And in a bizarre twist, Litvinenko's own father, who said the Russian government was behind his son's death, has now reversed course and is accusing Goldfarb of killing his son. This bizarre and exclusive story coming up on our next Target USA. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Please subscribe to our podcast and also let me know what you think. Send me an email at jgreen at wtop.com. That's the letter J, the color green, at Whiskey Tango Oscar Papa. jgreen at wtop.com. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. If you like my show, you're not going to want to miss No Excuse with John Taffer. Shut it down and listen to John the award-winning hospitality legend, as he brings his straight talk and unapologetic approach to daily topics and current events. You don't want to miss his latest interview with Adam Carolla. So download No Excuses every Tuesday on PodcastOne.com and Apple Podcast. Also, remember to rate and review. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.